Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Is that some super strength coffee joint or something? What, you've never been? No. What? Godshot, is it called? Yeah. <laughs> You're listening, Godshot. <laughs> so where Ryan gets his coffees, right? The one in the reusable plastic. Mm-hmm. Are he, we, yeah, he, we're, we're on? He doesn't really okay. have a set of concept. He has like 70 in, of, these, of these cups on his table. <laughs> the, the reusable thing yeah. has passed him by. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you, Dan, what I have been wondering about over the last few weeks is what Manchester City-themed Christmas present you got for Christmas? Uh, I got several, actually. Did yeah. you really? I got a Pablo Zabaleta coaster, which was interesting. <laughs> he doesn't play for the club anymore. He doesn't, but he's, he'll always be in my heart, you know. Okay. Um, what else did I get? Um, I got a, a Main Road T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. My mum and dad love again get, main road things. things yeah. Nostalgic things. Yeah, I'm just yeah. <laughs> things that just don't exist. Anything exactly. Else? Yeah. Uh, I think that might have been it. Yeah, I can't remember now. Oh, my grandma bought me the Guillaume Balaguer Pep Guardiola book actually. Oh yeah. I've not, not started reading it yet. That was well done by grandma. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, Did she get helpful hints from somewhere else? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think it was all off her own back. Yeah. I got a Christmas present from Francesco. Oh yeah. Did you see this? No. It's a. Uh, Nice white T-shirt with the words "Football's Coming Home." <laughs> oh, is that from you? I saw that. I didn't realise that was. And from the you. George's Cross. <laughs> well, you were. An you were supporting England, World, so, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't. And was I supporting England? Yeah, yeah. You, you said were. You got, I think you said on on record. In fact, I think if we go back a few podcasts, you would have uh, been heard saying that you were supporting England at the World Cup. Oh God! <laughs> I think it just caught everybody. Every Englishman was ending up supporting them, right? I'm not English, though. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know what my best Christmas present was? Yes. It was this water bottle right here. Yeah. I never really drank that much water before 2019, and now I can't get enough of it. It's amazing. Why did no one tell me this before? Water. I feel so much better. This is Denmark. I was just constantly thirsty. I was like, I don't know why. It's and now I've got this bottle. It keeps. It keeps your water like ice cold, refreshing. That's enough for commercial. Okay. Nighttime. I won't say the, the, the brand name, but but yeah. Get yourself a water bottle, kids. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Let's crack on. All right. <laughs> Joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Nico Hamer. Hey. Francesco Porzio. Hello. And Dan Burke. Hello. It's a new year and we need new questions, so keep them coming in. The address for that is podcast at onefootball.com. Uh, now, if you didn't know already, One Football has a pretty cool YouTube channel fronted by sometime podcast guest Matt Froelich, and of course, Nico does the German version. I was trolling through some of the comments of this uh, the other day, and I found this one from Kabir Kumar. My favourite speaker is Dan Burke. <laughs> Although, if Matt makes a regular appearance for the show, I guess I'll have to change my favourite speaker. <laughs> Fickle. <laughs> I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, Dan. I'm somewhat shocked by the amount of love you get. So am I, to be quite honest with you, yeah. Especially yeah, now that you've just, cons- you've just uh, found water. <laughs> <laughs> um, Imagine the ecologists right now. They're going to be crazy about them. The what? The ecologists for the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. For the water, <laughs> sustainable yeah. and this thing. But yeah, your favourite speaker, Dan Burke. Apparently so, yeah, yeah. Imagine the others. <laughs> there are other available favourite speakers out there, should you wish. Uh, so while the podcast took a continental-style approach to football throughout uh, Christmas, the Premier League did not, so it's probably worth taking in a bit of a review of what's gone over the last few while, the last few weeks. 
And where should we start with this, Dan? By offering our congratulations to you and Manchester City for winning the league? Uh, no. I mean, I think the only guarantee City have at this point is that we'll get to the League Cup final this year, <laughs> having won 9-0 in the first leg of the, uh, the semi-final. But uh, I don't think City are going to win the league, personally. Well, before we get to the title race, let's just get into this debate quite quickly because <laughs> Francesco is quite eager to talk about it. We've you almost can see sort it. of fight off air so already about it this. it was 9-0 last night, Burton Albion. Yeah. Some people are accusing City of disrespecting the Cup by winning a game. Yeah, or being disrespectful to the opposition for... I think one journalist who shall remain nameless said the um, professional etiquette dictated that they could have eased off at 6-0. And I think, well, why? Why? Yeah. If you're going to step onto a football well, pitch, should we let Francesco put his argument ahead? Then? If we have to. I'm not that uh, like this journalist, what he said. But honestly, after like, you're winning six zero, five zero, I don't even remember. And it's the semi-final of the League Cup, not even the Premier League against Barton, which is not a huge team. I mean, why should you go on and? Beating goal after goal, the opponent like, like, mind, like boxing, second. you know. I'll tell you what: if I, if my team goes on a pitch, I want them every single game to go out and destroy the opponent. So for of me, of course, if but they could go for eleven. Okay, go but for 11, I mean, this I is a no-ending conversation and discussion. But at one point, I mean, they could stop. And if they were winning seven-zero or even six-zero, what was the difference? You know. And at the end of the year, I'm sure that Pep Guardiola is going to say, we scored the most goal of the season. We score like, uh, we have the best uh, attack of the Premier League and in England. Of course, you won 7-0 against, who was last day? Rotherham. Of course. Uh, yesterday against Barton, 9-0. Next week uh, against Barton, again, 8-0, 9-0. But actually, e- well, easy one, you know? It's a smart move because in the second leg now, you can basically play your under 14. Well, He's not going to do that. Don't, don't forget, I, there's a second leg to come. Anything could happen at this point. Uh, as, many, as many goals as you can. <laughs> Never know. I checked this this morning. Burton are ten thousand to one to make it to the to the final. Really? It's more likely that aliens will land <laughs> than Burton making it to the final of the League Cup. Uh, but I, I have to say, I mean, the other other alternative, as you were putting forward before the podcast, was that do City then just pass the ball around and then you know kind of do nutmegs and tricks and flicks like it's a sort of summer oh, game because that, would be, that would be more disrespectful Absolutely. to Burton and they weren't I agree the game they weren't really busting a gut City it was, it was like a training match really they were just you know they weren't like getting the ball out of the net and running back to the halfway line let's get so maybe we should it. switch the discussion to what's the point in 2019 of having these magical cups uh, of League Up and FA Cup that have these teams that sometimes go to the same final final doesn't work anymore. I'd yeah, cut the, sure. Doesn't work anymore. I think you could easily cut the League Cup. You probably agree could, with yeah. that. But it's pretty but rare that someone wins nine nil. Anyway, I mean, I, I had to feel. <laughs> so, apparently, um, quite a lot of Burton fans got stuck on the motorway going to the game and, and missed most of the game. And a few of them they didn't miss the, much. They got, the, they got to the stadium and they were seven nil down <laughs> by the time they got there. God. Yeah. Not great, is it? Okay, uh, so back to the title race, Dan. Yeah, uh, you are not taking our congratulations. You're rejecting it yes. because you don't think uh, Manchester City are going to win it. No, I'm quite sceptical about it to be honest. Yeah. Why? Just well, I mean, there's still a four point gap, isn't there, between City and Liverpool? Um, you look at Liverpool's next five or six fixtures on paper. 
I could see them winning all, all six of those games. City have got some fairly tough games coming up. They've got Chelsea and Arsenal at home back to back. So I just think City are going to drop points before Liverpool are. I could see that gap opening up again. And I just it just feels like the stars have aligned for Liverpool this year. And it's really everything's sort of going their way and they're playing really well. And I just fancy them to win it, to be honest with you, at this point. Are you saying this because you don't want to curse Man No, City, honestly. Or you honestly believe that? Honestly, I believe that, yeah. I mean, it was great to beat them last week. Um, and it was great to have a bit of hope again because if they'd gone 10 points clear I think that would have been definitively over never so never nice with Liverpool man of, yeah <laughs> I, I know I mean it's they nice. lost already many times so yeah, but they can a, lose another this one. is a very different Liverpool to yeah. you know the team that they have a manager so bottled you know, under it makes the difference and, and, yeah they've got a good manager they've got a great team I'm with you there then because I just checked the, the schedule of both teams before the recording and Liverpool's schedule is easier yeah. the next like top team they're playing is Manchester and that's like the end of February City or United? Uh, United, United. Yeah. and um, of course of <laughs> and I think like till that day I think City plays like Arsenal and Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. and even Tottenham is that possible? I think so yeah so yeah. That is, that's a t way tougher schedule mm. so we think the schedule will really define I just think Liverpool are not going to drop very many points between now and then. I could see them getting 100 points like City did last year, which would have seemed unthinkable at the start of the season, but, mm. but I can see them doing it. Yeah. Speaking of disrespecting Cups, uh, <laughs> Liverpool made nine changes for the game against Wolves mm. and a lot of got a lot of stick afterwards for that. To me, it makes perfect sense yeah. that he just said, let's just concentrate on the league 100%, what is it 29 yeah. years since Liverpool have won it yes 99 it was the last time yeah yeah 100% I mean, it wasn't I, even called Premier League no it wasn't they've never won the Premier League in its Premier current League. iteration yeah um, yeah I, I don't understand the stick that Klopp got for picking a, a weakened team I think he picked a team that he thought might be able to win this game you know at one point they, they, they equalised so it was going fairly well um, and I don't think he wanted to lose the game because he threw Salah and I think Firmino on at the end and they were going for it mm. I just think it's one of them, you know, you've got to um, think of your priorities and the priorities of the Premier League and the Champions League and the FA Cup, you know, it doesn't really matter. I think Klopp said before the game, he was sort of making noises that, um, you know, no one's going to, uh, it's not going to silence our critics if we win the FA Cup this year, we've got to win the Premier League basically. So Raft yeah, of injuries there too, which is yeah, not helping. Yeah. Uh, one man who disagrees with you about the Premier League title and its destination is Alan Shearer. He said City have been in this period before, they know what to do and make, and that makes a huge difference. As much as you try and play that down, a lot of people will, exper and a lot of people will, experience counts for so much. Mm. Which leads me to my question. Liverpool have a recent history of crumbling under league pressure. You think they'll cope this time around? I think they will, yeah. I just think this is, a, like I mentioned, this is a different Liverpool team to what we've seen before. Much better squad than they had in 2013-14. Much better manager. Um, mm. I think, you know, City's experience will tell. And I think it's going to be very close, but I just, I just can see Liverpool doing it now. Twice in the last 10 years, a team has been top at Christmas and not got on to win the league. Liverpool. No guesses for who it was both <laughs> yeah. times. And then what, they've only got one player in their squad who's won the Premier League and that was Milner with City. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, well Liverpool for the title then. Yeah. Uh, one person who had a very successful Christmas, almost as successful as yours, Dan, mm. was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's really changed things around, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he has. 
Um, I mean, I don't believe think... it. Don't believe it. <laughs> I know you don't. I don't think he had to do that much, really. I oh. think it was just a, a bit of a bringing a positive mindset. I mean, the, the atmosphere around the club was so toxic under Mourinho mm. that all it really needed is someone to come in and sort of say, "Hey, lads, you are good players," you know, because it was just it was like <laughs> Mourinho versus his players towards the end of his time there, wasn't it? So mm. there's a more sense of unity at United now. Um, They've not really played anyone yet either. They play Spurs away this weekend. I think that will be Solskjaer's first big test. See, see what he's uh, what he's got about him. But yeah, I don't think he's um, he's changed an awful lot so far. Uh, Pogba is he's back. I mean, yeah, uh, again, I think that's probably just Martial, a bit. Martial, Pogba. Yeah. When you say he's back, I think he's there for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it is never really been that yeah. good for for United. Mm. Insane. For me, it's crazy that how how he just exploded. Just feels like it was like, well, now he's gonna like, can't stop playing football again. Yeah, which and is not necessarily. A I good think we were here. It was you, me, and Alex uh, last podcast. It was here, and uh, we were talking about the same thing: Pogba and Mourinho, the relationship between the two, and we were saying that this situation couldn't go on, and. Uh, Now they listen. They listen. They listen. I think the how's it called? The family of the Manchester United. The Glazers. The Glazers are, are one football podcast listeners. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. I, I noticed those any of those rumors about Pogba leaving for Juventus or anything. They've now gone. All of a sudden, just stopped. Mm. Um, stopped around December 18th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird that. No, the situation was that the club had to decide between Pogba and Mourinho. That's it. Mm-hmm. And they opted for Pogba. Good choice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I guess nobody's... That, is anybody surprised that he's doing that well then? No, not really. Well, that well? Yeah. yeah. How many scorer points does he have now? Like, hasn't he, doesn't he have like eight scorer points in like four matches? No, no, I, I, I mean Solskjaer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I am I'm a bit surprised, um, but... Like that already said, they haven't played any big teams yet. Every they, every team was like at least the, the the bottom half of the of the table. So they played Bournemouth, Cardiff, and Huddersfield. I think. Yeah. So. Also, I think this is a path of the caretake managers. So when they come in, caretaker or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they are immediately good because they they were chosen to to be to change a situation. Mm-hmm. So for the first like five, ten games, they will make a change. The problem is later. This happened a lot in the last years with other clubs, and so at the end, I think he will struggle. There's a there's a German saying, "Neuer Besen kehrt gut," which basically means a new broom works better than an old one, <laughs> and but Makes only sense. only until that broom yeah it works yeah, yeah like it's yeah. new like as long as it's new. If there is any sort of serious talk towards the end of the season about Solskjaer being offered the job full time. I mean, he will have had to do an exceptional job, but I think I'd be a bit worried that United perhaps don't have many other options if that's the case. Well, see, that, that's what I wanted to ask you. Does anybody think he can keep the job long term? I told him last week, if he wins every game, how can he sack him at the end of the season? Be like Roberto Di Matteo yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. Di Matteo or even Zidane in first place was supposed to be, I mean, not supposed to be, but because in Madrid uh, they do con- long contracts like mm-hmm. Solari right now. Mm-hmm. But Solari is a caretake manager, I think. I don't think he's going to stay for more than the, <laughs> yeah. the, the end of the season, honestly. Mm. And Zidane was supposed to be the same, Di Matteo, even uh, uh, was the Chelsea one, Grant, when he went to the Avon Grant, Avon Avon Grant Avon. Yeah. in the yeah. final 2008. Mm. So they have to keep, it, keep them if they are performing good have at you, the one point. Have you heard anything from Italy about Allegri? It's too early. Uh, Allegri is, uh, every time we talk about Allegri, uh, now he's linked also to Real Madrid uh, with Zidane going to Juventus. 
so we have to see. I think it's too early right now, so there is nothing going on really. Well, United would they want to get their asses in gear, mm. right? Well, I don't think they're going to get Pochettino. The sort of noises that he's been making suggest that he's going to stay at Spurs. I think Real Madrid so. will be the key because if Solari is going to stay, probably Allegri will stay at Juve and Pochettino will stay at Tottenham. There will not be a big change of managers around mm-hmm. Europe. That's, that's While if Real Madrid changes, someone has to go there and will be either, for me, Pochettino or Allegri. What are the other? Or Mourinho. Or Mourinho. Mourinho, yeah. 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 Oh, that's more likely, I would say. Yeah. You, more likely Mourinho? I don't know. I don't know, honestly. There's uh, been some talk this week that he yeah, could be in I've quite heard. soon, actually. I mean, him and, him and Perez are quite close. Yeah, but... The, is, uh, Sergio Ramos and Mourinho are not that close. No, they're, so, not, that, no, they're not that close. That's still the important. The talk is that, that they might be, Ramos might be going at the end of the season. Yeah. He's, so he's, he's going to Inter, I think, because now all the... Everyone's going to Inter. Listen, we've got to talk about that later. What happened to Inter? It's a retirement home. We will yeah. talk about it. We will talk about <laughs> it. We will talk, we will about, talk about it. No worries. But, I mean... You must be like me in thinking that Mourinho going to Real Madrid is literally the worst thing that could ever happen for it, Real it is Madrid. Absolutely, the worst idea I've heard in world football, and basically world football is all about bad ideas. Yeah. So no, this is this is incredible. Um, and I heard it the first time, basically like a day after he got sacked at Manchester United, it was like, well, yeah, you know, I I just no, I I will not believe that until he's back on the bench. Okay. Anyway, uh, Dan, is there anything more reliable than Spurs doing a Spurs? <laughs> I, feel, I feel a bit sorry for Spurs, actually. I, th- I think they get a bit of a bad rap because like, Spurs have no right to even be in the top three, I don't think. You know, the budget, the, the money they spend compared to City, United, Chelsea, you know, even Arsenal spend more money than Liverpool spend more money than... So I think it's a, a remarkable job that Pochettino's done. And every time that they get you know accused of choking and stuff like that I think well they're underachieving anyway uh, overachieving anyway so how can they how can they be choking if you're overachieving it doesn't really make sense to me that there was a huge amount of talk after the uh, I forget which game it was maybe was it the, whenever they went second yeah all of a sudden everybody was like Tottenham could win the league. Yeah, yeah. To Wolves? Did they lose was against it? Wolves? No, they, they lost, lost to Wolves. No, they lost. Yeah, yeah. It was so whatever game. Oh yeah, they okay. Off, they won. Okay, they won. Okay, yeah. um, might even the Everton game. I'm not 100 percent sure, but everybody was talking about. Oh yeah, Spurs could win yeah. the league now. But we still just really quick. We're we're still talking about City versus Liverpool yeah. while there's a four point gap. Even though Tottenham is just two points behind Manchester City, right? They're like they're ahead. they've got more points than City, I think. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Spurs yeah, are third. Spurs are, th- are they not? Spurs yeah. is 48 and City is 50. So right. maybe we should talk about that. Like maybe Tottenham can finish second. I yeah. think um, I think it's just quite obvious that Spurs just don't have enough to go the distance in a title race at I the moment. That's what you saw against Wolves in the second half too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just tired. It's just they th- don't have a bench as good as the eleven the, players. And when they miss Son, they they, they really yeah, they, they yeah. really look yeah, right. paper thin that squad. So more investment. But you're you're quite confident they'll keep Pochettino. Yeah, I mean, it, anything can happen in football. You know, there's six months before the summer, um, but the way things are going, he seems to be sort of making all the right noises that he plans to stay. And okay, okay, interesting. Elsewhere, can someone explain to me why Cesc Fabregas was so emotional after a win over Nottingham Forest? <laughs> because he left. <laughs> I, I mean, how long has he been at Chelsea? Like a couple of seasons? But it was it was his last game in English football that he was upset about, wasn't it? 500, oh, was that what it 500 was? games in English football he's played, which is, you know... He really likes London, really. probably. <laughs> That's he why. does really like London. That is, that is true. And he's got to go and play for Monaco now, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have anything on that? 
Um, I think they have to find a replacement first, and Chelsea, have to, Chelsea, Chelsea has to find a replacement okay. uh, before letting him go. And we can talk now about Chelsea a little because yes, we are. there is the Barella thing, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy because the English media is very uh, certain that Barella will join Chelsea. But from what I know, Chelsea doesn't want Barella, the club. Oh, so. Is a specific request of Maurizio Sarri, Barella. And uh, I think he's a great player, by so the way. Sarri wants him. Sarri wants Barella. Chelsea don't. Chelsea doesn't. Okay. That's the same thing with Higuain. We're going to talk about it later. Oh. But, and uh, so they, from what I know, really Chelsea is not very interested in the player and they don't consider him worth it. 45, 50 million, the, what Cagliari is asking. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think he's worth it? You've seen him play. I think he's worth it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, with the numbers that we see right now with Azzonodoi, 45 million, all these numbers, mm-hmm. I think Barella can be worth it, 40, 45, or whatever. He's um, like um, Alan, more or less, from Napoli, that, that mm. kind of player in Sarri's uh, idea of football, I think. That's why if Alan will leave Napoli to go to PSG, mm-hmm. Napoli will get Barella 100%. Okay. So I don't see him very close to Chelsea as the English media is suggesting, but you know, maybe Marina and uh, Abramovic and the club will try to get him to make a favor to Sarri. But my question is, is Chelsea the club that does that? to make favors to managers. In the recent years, no. Maybe with Mourinho. Yeah. So maybe they will buy him and they will decide to get maybe uh, do the investment for Sarri. But I don't see Chelsea being the club that does that, honestly. Okay, speak to us about um, Higuain. Higuain. Because okay, Chelsea, yeah. as I think we all know, are very eager to get Morata off their books. It's not, he's not going to Sevilla. It looks like he's going to Atleti now. But uh, Morata, they are they're offering everywhere, and nobody wants him at the moment. Honestly, I can't think why. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> yesterday, I found this tweet. Yeah, it was August third. Yeah, Iguain. He printed it off. Iguain <laughs> press conference as Milan player, the first one, and he quote of Iguain: "The only person that wanted me at Chelsea was Sarri. Did something change in the last six months? Nothing." So it's still the same. Okay. Sarri wants Higuain as a striker. Chelsea, they don't want to buy Higuain. Well, I thought Sarri money. didn't get involved in the transfers. I thought he, that he was like really... I mean, sure really they have discussions. I mean, of course, he's not like involved like in Italian football, but they have discussions. And sure, he was sure. asked about Pulisic. Yeah, and, sure, and, like and, and he said, oh, he said he was a good player two months ago. I didn't know they were buying. Yeah, yeah. So they have discussions, of course, about players. And he probably said that he wants Higuain, like he thinks that Higuain is the perfect striker for his Chelsea. Mm. But what? Iguain, like, yeah. Iguain has a history of not being in the best shape always in his career, right? Mm-hmm. He's, what, 31 now? Yeah. Um, I read quite a lot that there might be a transfer ban, ca- ban coming for Chelsea, that they might not be able to transfer players uh, coming, coming next summer. Yeah, but they will buy so, young players. They don't, yeah, but, they're not going to buy Iguain, who is 31. So, but if they do, then they're stuck with Iguain for, what, like two years? And they can't bring in another player? That is, for me, that's even riskier. Like, also, you have to consider that alone. Milan doesn't want him to leave right now. Even if they don't like, they're not liking Iguain as much as they should. Mm-hmm. And the general manager, Leonardo, said last day that he has to work harder and he needs to do more. Mm-hmm. But still, 
Milan has to go in Champions League for financial reasons. Otherwise, they are screwed. And screwed. <laughs> exactly, I will say another word. <laughs> and uh, and they need a striker. And with the financial situation that they have right now, they cannot get another get another one. Maybe on loan for Didn't six they want months. They at one point. Though. Yeah, but for but they want to get to the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they need Higuain actually right now because they think that he's actually a striker that can lead them to the fourth place in Serie A and they cannot afford another one right now changing Murata for Higuain would be uh, changing an iPhone 6 for an iPhone 6 Plus both usually fail but the second one is fatter (laughs) but (laughs) somebody on Twitter okay but let me tell you something also Higuain is not property of Milan it's property of Juventus because he's on loan with option to buy for Milan next summer. Okay. So Chelsea has to discuss with Juve about it, not with Milan. That is a question. And Milan has to discuss with Chelsea for Morata. So it's very difficult to imagine this scenario mm-hmm. in 20 days with the uh, Italian yeah. Super Cup next week. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I want to talk to you, Nico, <laughs> about one of the biggest moves of the January winter, win- uh, January window so far, and it's Christian Pulisic. Yes. And his 58 million move to Chelsea. Were you the, shocked by this? Well, no, not really. Oh, um, okay. I was just shocked by, by how good Dortmund negotiated that deal. I mean, they sold him and then got him a loan back while Chelsea pays, pays his salary, mm-hmm. which is a crazy good deal from Dortmund's side. Probably one of the best deals I've ever heard of. Um, I wasn't shocked because there were rumors that he really wants to leave Dortmund, wants to go to the Premier League and actually wants to go to Chelsea really bad. Um, so, no, I wasn't really shocked. Um, but, like I said, the, the kind of deal that it ended up being, that was the part that surprised me. Why is he leaving Dortmund? Well, he loves Dortmund. At least he keeps on saying that at any given occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has always been his dream to play in the Premier League. And, and to be fair, um, at Dortmund, two years ago, he was the next big thing mm-hmm. everyone was like that is Dortmund's biggest talent he's the Sancho oh. of 2016 absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and it looked like he is Dortmund's future and then Jadon Sancho came, came along and then Paco Alcacer came along Marco Reus made a comeback uh, mm-hmm. stays fit and out of nowhere he's like the number four number five in the, in the, in the Dortmund's uh, uh, attack mm-hmm. and I got a feeling he doesn't really like that on top of that Lucien Favre Dortmund's coach is not his biggest fan and uh, I just feel like that all combined and he was like well contract is only running till 2021 so uh, 2020 it's 19 now so I guess that's when he decided to leave so why why doesn't Favre like him? Um, it's hard to tell I would say that the biggest issue with him is that he has all the potential in the world there's basically very little things that he can't do but especially the last one and a half years he keeps on making the wrong decisions in the, uh, in the last third of the, of the pitch so, is, that a, is that a confidence thing or? Um, I would rather overconfidence, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Um, like in the last few months, he um, didn't play as much. And when he played, it was clear he wanted to show how good he is. So instead of passing about the ball in the right situation, he always tried to, to finish. And that didn't work out at all. He actually definitely played the, the worst half season, like the first round uh, of the Bundesliga he ever played for Dortmund. So I just feel like it wasn't a good situation for him. And maybe he overreacted a little bit. Um, and then Dortmund was just, when the offer came in, they were like, well, that sounds good. So, 58 million. A lot of money. Will he be worth it? That is a good question. Um, a few years ago, he, he looked like he could be over 100 million transfer. 
Um, I still absolutely think he has the potential. Um, but you will have to bounce back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still I think we overreact when players have like a bad year or bad season. Like this dude is still how old is he now? Twenty? Yeah. Is he even? Tw- yeah, he's twenty. Is he still twenty? Like ten years ago, let's say twenty years ago, no twenty-year-old played in the Bundesliga or Premier League at all. They were too young. So I do think that he has the potential to become an absolute world-class player. Um, but the biggest part of it is um, his. The marketing value you get yeah. from him. In That's why US, Chelsea have bought him. Because Dortmund made huge profit with him in America and the, U- the United States because he's American. And, but Dortmund is not nearly the brand Chelsea is in the US. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that probably he will just bring in that cash within half a year. Mm-hmm. Jersey sales. Yeah, which is the biggest the biggest myth in German uh, European football because it doesn't, it doesn't bring in nearly as much as everybody talks about. <laughs> no, no, never does. The, the only thing is I can't help but feel that a club like Chelsea is not really the right place for a young player to go and nurture his talent. That is that is true. That will be the biggest question, I guess, if he if he can make it there. Um, he's he has the potential, but like I said, he got frustrated at Dortmund. At Dortmund, I, that is, by the way, my opinion. I just got a feeling that he's frustrated. You haven't been talking to him or anything. No, lately we haven't okay. talked a lot. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like it's, there's definitely a case that it will happen again at Chelsea, that he won't start or not play as much as he wants to. And But then there will not be an easy way out like it was now. So mm-hmm. that might, might be difficult. It's a lot... Um I mean, you sort of look at the situation with Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea and Loftus-Cheek and players like that who can't get in the team. It's a lot easier to drop sort of academy players than it is a player that you've spent 58 million on. Uh, so I imagine Pulisic will get a lot more game time than those players just by virtue of the fact that he's a big signing. Yeah. Hudson-Odoi, so. the chosen one. The chosen one. Can somebody explain to me why he's worth, all of a sudden he's worth like a billion euro or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly why. Why? Because uh, Bayern Munich's uh, bosses, I think they are the biggest Jadon Sancho fans in the world. <laughs> they just love the, the story of Jadon Sancho so much and they're really mad about that they that they passed on him, which mm-hmm. they did. And now they will, they're like, well, maybe there's another one. English talent. And <laughs> I think he's really good. But the thing is, the Sancho story is good because he was paid 8 million, not yeah. 40. So that's yeah. a little <laughs> a English difference. players are suddenly really fashionable yeah, in Germany, aren't they? And I remember that like, like 10 years ago, I was thinking about English players that I witnessed playing in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. and there was none. Paul Lambert. Yeah, but well, he's Scottish. There was yeah. Kevin Keegan back in, in 1980 yeah, yeah, at Hamburg, yeah. but in my time there was none, and now it's like the. Owen Hargreaves. Oh, no. well, that's true. Owen Although he's Canadian. Canadian yeah. You know what's <laughs> interesting? It's interesting that with Brexit, the English players to go away from England to play, you know? <laughs> yeah, but this is. Um, it's a ba- great Bayern have been very public in their pursuit of him. It's so weird. I've never never seen something like that. Every single offer Bayern made went public within mm. hours. Mm. And it was, um, according to, to media from Bavaria, it was the first um, transfer that Salihamidzic was in charge of, um, Bayern's <laughs> sporting director, who's not having a good reputation in Germany. And the um, problem with that is, since we all knew about how those, these negotiations went, he's not looking very good. Because basically he said, look, I'm talking in euros here, you can have 15 million euros for him. And Chelsea was like, Mm-mm. And then he was like, okay, 20. Chelsea was about 40. And he went up in like 5 million euro steps until mm-hmm. till 35. And then Chelsea was like, okay, you know what? 39. And he was like, yeah, okay, deal. So he's not looking not good like at that. all in that negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, back to the Premier League for one more question for you, Dan. Mm-hmm. The bottom three, Southampton, Fulham, Huddersfield. 
they're going to be there come the end of the season well of those three I have the most hope for Southampton I would say I think Harsen Hootel's done quite a good job since he came in uh, the results haven't been amazing but they look much better than they did under Hughes which wasn't difficult because they looked abysmal under Hughes I think if we took over they'd look better than probably yeah games. yeah um, Fulham, they've not really changed that much since Ranieri took over from Jukanovic. Um, it's not really, you know, they're still shipping goals, their defences are, are shambles. Um, Huddersfield have been absolutely abysmal this season. I think they've scored 10 or 11 goals all season. Yeah. Um, I think it might be time to ask some serious questions about David Wagner soon, the way things are going, because they're, they're going back to the Championship the way things stand. Another person who is being hailed as one of the greatest managers of yeah. all time. That's the pound shop clock. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, we've got a question from a listener. Uh, hi, says Tobias Fika Langvad. I hope, I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> uh, I think that James Rodriguez is going to Arsenal. What do you think? Oh. I think that's a straight no for that one. <laughs> Unlike I think else, they, so, yeah. generally, definitely no. Oh, he's not going to Arsenal. Uh, they have to... Bayern has to decide if they want to buy him or not at the end of the season. And they still haven't decided yet, I they think. But I don't think they will. I don't think he fits into the and, uh, that bias. I don't see Arsenal spending that money for no. for Hamas, honestly. No. To be fair, he's, he has a record of not being able to stay fit. And he had. But Arsenal has a been good record of players that don't yeah. fit, so <laughs> it might be a good option. Yeah. It's it's actually, perfect replacement, right? Some talk about Juventus potentially being interested. Now everyone is linked with Juve. I think yeah. now they both uh, Ramsey from Arsenal, mm -hmm. not both, but uh, it's gonna go in there next uh, next July. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they have players at Juve. They have Dybala, they have Mandzukic, they have Douglas Costa. They don't really need. They don't need. Yeah, who, who else they gonna buy? I honestly yeah. think that Hamas is at this point. He's a brilliant footballer. Um, but I think he's overrated at this point in his career. I think people think he's way better than he is, actually. That Great World hair. Cup. That World Cup in 2014 yeah. really has. And it's, but it's nine years ago now. Yeah. Like, we should get over. Five, man. Nine? Nine. Nine. <laughs> no, no, five, <laughs> nine. I tried to do math and just wow. uh, If you want to be more like Tobias, then podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your questions to. Now, Serie A, Francesco. Finally. Had their first ever game on December 26th. Yeah. This is a special thing in England. How did it go down in Italy? Were they total, total disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, the, generally, not many people went to the stadiums. I mean, it was like the other one. So it, was, it wasn't more people going to the stadium. So from, a, uh, from that perspective, not good. Okay. Then two things happened. Uh, in the same game in different ways was Inter Napoli and before the game there was a clash between Inter I would say ultras more than fans and Napoli ultras uh, organized by the both team uh, both uh, ultras groups what? and oh, they organized, they organized a, fight a fight to each other oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. and that accidentally that's why I say there are investigations going on uh, one uh, uh, ultras that was affiliated with Inter was actually not a Inter Ultras but a Varese Ultras died accidentally mm -hmm. so that of course is a bad thing for Italian football and even worse during the game there was a racism episode against Koulibaly from Inter uh, fans more generally I would say and uh, so total disaster for him from a image point of view for Serie A. The reaction to this is astounding. That yeah. Inter got the same amount of games, like let's call it a ban. Yeah, um, two games. And as, as he did for getting sent off, for sarcastically exactly. applauding the rest. Exactly, and... Uh, Mind-blowing. 
What do you mean? You should be more for Inter or... I mean, this guy gets racially abused, yeah. reacts as... Most okay, no, let me, let me stop you here because the, uh, the clapping to the referee, yeah. I think it was justified the yellow card and the red card. Consider also that he was already booked. Right. So the two games ban is because he was already booked, so it was already one game ban, and the other one was for the red <laughs> that was card. The, that was disputing that. No, 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 not, not about the ban. No, More I'm like saying... That shouldn't be the same length as a ban for fans. I know, but it's... Uh, okay, Inter was really criticized yesterday because they didn't uh, apply or wanted to the, the, the penalty to be reduced, actually, the, the ban to they be reduced. They didn't appeal the They didn't appeal. Yes. So Inter fans, were, uh, Inter fans were crazy about it because they said, okay, we are... 1% of the stadium did this thing, which is they should be banned forever from San Siro. But then what the other 99% of the stadium did not. A Inter, they never defended the whole Inter fans. They just accused the... But I think they do it in the right way, I think, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because what happened, it's crazy. In 2018, you shouldn't happen this. Yeah. And so I agree with the decision of Inter to not uh, ask for the reducer of the yeah. ban. But you know, it's uh, for the for the ban, uh, two games, the old stadium, and one just the sector reserved to the ultras fans. So okay. it's historic also for Italian football. Huh? Never Is that happened. The first time it's happened. Yeah, yeah. the old stadium, yes. Okay. Um, there's also been the controversy of the Super Cup. Yeah. And Saudi Arabia. So it's happening next week and uh, the January 16th. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's Juve against Milan and. Uh, Recently, two things happened. First of all, the journalist uh, of the union of RAI, which is the Italian public television, they asked for the teams to not play there after the, um, you know, the death of the um, Saudi Arabian journalist um, uh, Khashoggi. Mm -hmm. I don't know the pronunciation of the name. So they already asked for the, for the teams to not play there. And recently, which became more popular and public in Italy, was this statement from the Serie A about the tickets and the, how they sh the fans will buy the tickets for a Super Cup. And it's specifically written down that there are sectors reserved for families, which women can go, mm -hmm. and sectors for men, where women that women cannot go. So, you know... <laughs> started a very long conversation, <laughs> discussions. Yeah. The thing is, what my opinion is about is this, we knew the situation in Saudi Arabia six months ago when Serie A signed the contract to get the mm -hmm. Super Cup in that country. Why now and not six months ago? My question is, because we know what's happening in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. We know the situation of women right there. And this didn't change in the last six months. So even worse, the head of the uh, Italian Serie A said that to promote Italian football, there was ideal, and uh, also the um, thanks for football, now women actually can go in the family sector, while before they couldn't even go, and they had to go with other people, now they can go alone to stadiums. I mean, I don't think Italian football should name as ambassador of human rights <laughs> in general. Solving all the world. So it's a very, for me, it's a very annoying conversation. So okay. and it doesn't have an end. And an the, the, the Super Cup has a history of taking place outside. Of, yeah, yeah. It's been in I, like I think it was the first one yeah. in 1990. 
93 or 94, don't remember yeah, the exact year, before. in New York City. They and played. they played it in China. In China and... Um, Libya, I think, once. Libya, that was thanks for Gaddafi and <laughs> <laughs> the relationship that he had with the Italian government. Yeah. So, um, Back to the football or yeah. the transfer window. Uh, which is far more important than football. Of course, of course, we, we all know that. Um, you want to talk about Milan? They, uh, they didn't get Fabregas, there was talk of Fabregas. They didn't get Ibra, there was talk of Ibra. Okay, they are probably not selling Higuain, so what are they going to do? We don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, there is a lot of uh, talks on going AC Milan because nobody really knows what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. One, because there is the new CEO, which is Gazidis, so no journalist has really a relationship with uh, with Gazidis, so mm, we don't know yeah. what he's thinking, what he's doing, and also because they have to be really careful for the financial situation they have. There are a lot of, I call them, insiders of social media, you know, these people that- ITKs. Uh, exactly, and they are saying, there is one very ITKs? popular in Italy, no, no. Oh. And he said, he said that Milinkovic Savic was joining AC Milan yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said this two weeks ago, and then until that Tuesday, he's going to sign for Milan. It didn't happen. Surprise. So <laughs> they will buy uh, a striker that can play as a wing in the 4 2 3 and as a um, central striker in the 4 4 2. And they have to buy a midfielder. But we don't know much more, honestly. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you then about two transfers, both okay. with Juventus. Sure. Can uh, I just chip oh. in for Atsimino real quick? Yeah. Because in Germany, a lot of rumors that Hakan Chalanoglu Chalanoglu be on the way out and back to the Bundesliga um, to RB Leipzig. Uh, the thing is, there was already a deal between Milan and uh, Leipzig for Chalanoglu, and, but Gattuso stopped it. And Gattuso said before Christmas that until he will be the manager of AC Milan, Chalanoglu will play for AC Milan. And you know, if you sell this player in this window, you under-evaluate mm -hmm. the figure of the manager. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're gonna do it. Actually, AC Milan, I forgot about it, I sh we should mention it. They are the only team that actually bought a player in, the, in, the, in this transfer window until now, which is Paqueta, mm -hmm. uh, the, um, yeah. the, the Brazilian, uh, uh, midfielder slash striker and uh, so there is a lot of uh, curiosity around him because we never know about these uh, players that come from Brazil like in the past for AC Milan was great it was Pato, Kaká, Ronaldinho, uh, Thiago Silva they discovered a lot of Brazilian players that became amazing in Europe mm -hmm. but recently not very good <laughs> Dida as well no Dida I would say that he's a good at the end was good uh, so I want to ask you about Christian Romero. Yeah. And Genoa. Not now. Not now? Summer? Summer, yeah. Okay. Um, Aaron Ramsey, that looks like a done deal. Yeah, yeah. Done deal. He's going to earn uh, um, 6.5 million per year, which I don't know how to translate this in your Did weekly you weird... Uh, <laughs> this, this, yeah. this Nobody does the weekly thing besides the Premier League. I know. I like the weekly thing. I do, yeah. yeah. But no one else gets paid weekly in England. That's the weird yeah. thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> do they get paid weekly, really? Well, the That's players do. Yeah? Well, oh. I mean, in the 1800s. <laughs> Imagine um, going to your bank and having 250 grand to account every, every week. Every single week. Yeah. I just, that's, that's just what's like so it's, no, just to be, just to be accurate, uh, it's 6.5 plus 1.5 of bonuses. So it's gonna, can be eight. 
at the end of the year. So he will be the, the second most player, player after Cristiano Ronaldo, which is 30 per year, which is another <laughs> level. So, yeah. 30 per That's year. insane. Which is, by the way, wow. like it's a lot of money, 6.5 or whatever, but if he's number two in the Juventus squad, then I would say that the Juventus players are getting paid surprisingly little, right? You would think they're... They are, okay, if you consider the top 10 of the most paid players in Serie A, yeah. There is nine with Ramsey. There are nine uh, Juventus players <laughs> and one AC Milan players, which is Donnarumma. Okay. So well, yeah, we've two, uh, I have two more questions for yeah. you, and then we're going to have to talk about some golden sticks. Yeah. Uh, is the best signing of the window going to be Godin when he joins Inter? Of course, okay. of course. And is he, he is going. Is he? He's going in July. We are quick. Until July. Yeah, yeah, July, not now. Oh, okay. Which is a good news for Juve since they are not bad news for Juve since they are uh, against Atleti in the round of 16 of Champions League. Oh, yeah. Very quick, three options for Inter future. Mm -hmm. uh, they're gonna sell Screener, maybe. Mira uh, Godin will be the substitute of Miranda in the rotation, so Inter will have three central backs, really good. Option three, Simeone coming to Inter. <laughs> Just leaving the bomb here, and then we're gonna take it. All right. By the way, six point five million years, two hundred and sixty grand a week. So not bad. Wow. Not bad. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, we have another question from a listener for you, Francesco. Yeah. Hey, my name is Henry, and I live in New Zealand. I listen to the every podcast and love it. Oh, thanks very much, Henry. I was wondering about your opinions on AS Roma's season. Oh. I mean, can you do this in like two sentences? Because otherwise we might have to dedicate a whole podcast to it. Uh, I will be real quick. They have the best young talent of Italian football right now, which is Nicolò Zaniolo. They have uh, an amazing sporting director for me, which is very underrated right now, which is Monchi. Mm -hmm. They have a good manager, which is Di Francesco, who is also very underrated right now. They just made bad decision during the last summer. So that's how we can see Roma in few sentences. Okay. Because and Pastore, for example, is a player that has a lot of injuries mm. and they uh, were thinking that he will be he was going to be the star of this new Roma. But he doesn't have the uh, how do you say he doesn't have the physics the, uh, the body the body to do that yeah. and uh, and also there is the striker situation which one day they have to be to solve it because they have Edin Dzeko which is not gonna last forever at Roma and then they have nothing because Schick is not that good as they thought okay. they don't have another striker and they, it's a bunch of players that don't really combine you know what I mean so it's that's how I see Roma right now like Arsenal <laughs> if you were to give it a rating out of 10 for uh, Henry? For Henry? The season. No, for the season. Oh, ah, for uh, five. Five. 4.5. Yeah. Okay. That's better than I thought. It was. <laughs> so uh, Nico, what is the world coming to when a man cannot eat a thousand euro gold steak, then post a video on Twitter about it without people getting all jealous? I have no idea. Isn't that crazy? I am. Um, a steak that is covered in gold for no other reason than covering it in gold because you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And people get mad about that. I'm just, I am annoyed with the world. Disgusted with the world. What does that steak taste like? That's my no, Honestly. The best part about it, I asked, so. I am an expert in that, so I, I will talk yeah, about it. <laughs> I actually heard this, the steaks in this certain steak house of uh, Salt Bay uh, mm. are actually not very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I said, this gold, I don't know, now I'm an expert on steaks and gold apparently, but this it's actually makes the taste of the steak worse. 
Like it tastes yeah, not better, so, yeah. but you just do it because you can. Yeah. It's edible gold paper, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So there is this Italian journalist, I mean, sports journalist, not journalist about stacks. <laughs> and uh, he is the one that wrote the biography about Totti, by the way. And he went to New York last week and he saw this uh, golden stack and he said that it's basically like a Kobe stack with just this gold covered by gold but it's it's not even like it's a it's a food thing it's not like a, dog, like real yeah. gold on the yeah, yeah. on the stack so, and salt bay does an incredible marketing campaign because oh, yeah. in front of the the restaurants he has like these steaks like the one of ribery with the name of the people that bought it oh, like really? there is the cristiano ronaldo oh, steak yeah. uh, the robert de niro steak the i don't know now it would be the frank ribery steak in uh, dubai probably yeah. okay yeah. i'm always amazed at how tight his t-shirts are I mean, have you noticed <laughs> it i mean that's the, the worst part about it is like i so does everybody know the story i think so right? yeah we know this okay story. yeah um yeah i the worst part is that i can't i have to see him apparently every week now because every single footballer in the world goes to Dubai, New York or Miami. Mm -hmm. and I can't believe I know where his steakhouses are, but these are the three locations and eat there. I didn't know he had one in Miami. He just opened it. Okay. Bruce Willis was there for the opening ceremony and he got absolutely hammered from what I can see on Instagram. Not saying he was drunk, I'm sorry. How is he going to last this Salt Bay hype? I mean, uh, it's I been already three, four years that I we mean, talked about it. We're talking about it on a football podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's going on with Timo Werner? Well, Timo Werner basically um, said that uh, he's not going to renew his contract at Leipzig, which is ending in the summer of 2020. Um, he also said that if you want to, as a German player, and if you want to stay in Germany, there's only one club to go. You can imagine, we're talking about Bayern here. Oh, I thought you meant Hamburg. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's a cologne. <laughs> and uh, Leipzig then said, basically in response, well, a club like us, we can't afford to go into the last year of contract with a player like Timo Werner, which would mean losing him on a, f uh, a free transfer. Um, so basically, it's more or less confirmed that Timo Werner is going to get transferred in the summer transfer window. And then obviously everybody was more or less certain that that would be Bayern. And then Dortmund with their new gain self-confidence self were like, you know what, let's just, we would like to get him too. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were after the, with the Pulisic money and on top of that, they have Maximilian Philipp who is not used at Dortmund anymore. And um, RB Leipzig apparently has big interest in Maximilian Philipp. So that would really help in the transfer, which had, would have to go down in the summer. But this morning, uh, recording on the, what day is it, 10th? 10th, yeah. yeah. Um, Watzke, the chairman of Dortmund, said, um, he was asked about Torgan Hazard and um, Timo Werner, and he was asked, so you want to get both these players? And then he said, well, one of these players has made his plans for his future, and we're not part of it. And it's certainly not Torgan Hazard. We all know this, nothing happened yet. So I take this as a somehow confirmation that I think Timo Werner will join Bayern this summer. By the way, it would be perfect for AC Milan, Timo Werner. By the way, the best part <laughs> is it would saying. be perfect for, for more or less every team he was linked to no, besides no, because, Bayern. <laughs> He's not really fitting to I'm wondering if this is going to morph into a sort of Sandro Wagner deal, i.e. a good striker moves to a big club but ends up on the bench. 
I would say just from the talent, Timo Werner is on a completely different level than Sampdoria. No, totally. But I mean, he's not going to take over from Lewandowski. Yeah. The the thing is with Bayern, I I think we talked about this on this podcast before. I think Bayern is changing the style they're going to play. I mean, they already have. They're trying to have a way more solid defense and counter attack. And if they stick with Niko Kovac, with will that will be the biggest question coming up in the summer. I'm not really convinced they will. If they do, though. Timo Werner is actually better fitted for a system than Robert Lewandowski. Maybe Lewandowski will leave. No, I don't think so. No? No. Um, he recently said that he uh, can imagine ending his career at FC Bayern. And I just think that... Uh, yeah, but he also said every other day he's like, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to leave. Or but I'm not sure if there's actually still a market for Robert Lewandowski. I think I'm even sure. though he's, he's scoring like, like crazy, he's still doing <laughs> it. But, but yeah, Italy well, also. But I don't think I think Real is not going to do that anymore. I no. think they're they're out of that, and I I can't really see somebody paying 90, 80 million for Lewandowski. And I no, think Bayern will. And Bayern is just it's still FC Bayern. I could yeah. see him in Serie A. That would be great. If Inter sells Icardi, maybe switch him with when Inter Piontek. sells Icardi. When if I don't know. No, when. <laughs> <laughs> when. We all know that's a win. You can I, tell yourself otherwise, Francesco. I, I mean, Wanda's I, pretty clear on it. That's the, you know, we when they want to make a deal, there are these f- discussions and things. I think they will sign a new contract. Okay, that's my my bet. You're convincing yourself there. No, that's no, I should. Uh, you one final thing from you today. I'm from us is there was a very interesting survey from the Bundesliga players recently. Can you talk us through that? Well, basically, the Kicker, it's uh, one of Germany's biggest sports magazines. It's like uh, comparable to Cario della Sport or mm-hmm. uh, Um They do this every winter break. They basically ask as many Bundesliga players as they can. This year it was like 215, 14, I guess. And they asked them about the biggest, uh, biggest flop, biggest, uh, worst player of the, of, the, of the first round, the best Anonymously, player. I imagine. Um, huh? <laughs> Anonymously, I imagine. And the, yeah, ah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, well, the <laughs> worst amazing. player, the biggest disappointment of the first round was, by far, Mats Hummels. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Which, is, which is great because he got like 30% or something so it was, it was actually quite clear and I would love to know which Bayern player, players voted for him because I think there are a few and but the best part is it sparked it made Mats Hummels react on Twitter and then Hummels posted his personal uh, uh, half-season stats, which oh, is like, no. yeah, oh, wow. 18 games played, uh, 13 won, three draws. Was it at least one football that he posted? No. no. <laughs> and the thing is, yes, his stats are okay. Like 13 out of 18 won is good, but we're still talking about FC Bayern here. So actually, it's not too good. And he was just dreadful in these games. <laughs> Reminds me of that... Rafa Benitez fax press yeah, conference yeah. Um, and a, a very high percentage think Dortmund are going to win the league it was like 70% Actually, or something yeah yeah exactly um, yeah it's it just feels like Bayern is as weak as it never been before and um, just like every German football fan who's not a Bayern fan people would like to see Dortmund win the league and they just I just think it's the same for the players like everybody like it's like just, Liverpool in England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, even players like, okay, probably all Schalke and all Bayern players said uh, Bayern is going to win the league. But the rest probably would say, well, let's hope Dortmund does it because nobody's interested in seeing Bayern win again. Okay. And a lot of the players want love. Out. That is true. Um, which is, 
they well they were asked if he should have been fired after the World Cup. Oh yeah, yeah that was the question, and, and the, like the majority said yes, he should have been fired. And well, I was I defended Löw after the World Cup, and I said well it's not fair to basically uh, say he's not able to change. By now I think the sample size is big enough to say yeah he should have been fired. <laughs> and a new course, like after the big failure, I think you needed like a new face. Yeah, it's know. true. Even it's if. After how many years is there? Like He's eight? Yogi Löw? Yeah. No, no, he took over 2006. Oh yeah, right, after, so after the Germany, after the failure of 2006, he right? He should have stopped after the World Cup win. Yeah, the, after the World Cup win, exactly. <laughs> that would have been the right time to stop, but he is obsessed with the idea of becoming the best German national coach of all time. That is like his biggest, biggest target. Like he's already maybe, no? Well, no? yeah, he's the longest reigning, that's all he is. And he's a World Cup winning coach, yeah. But the thing what is, do you need more? That's yeah. not bad. <laughs> well, he wants to do Europe. The thing wants I we should tell you, uh, what's his name? Uh, you, no, Jürgen, no. Um, Klinsmann? No, Lowe. Yeah. That nobody cares about this record. Like, no, the thing is, people are never going to be able to think about him without thinking of him scratching his ass on the touchline that, that time, is, are they? So it will never yeah, stop. It will no never man. stop. It's like whenever, whenever somebody shakes Yogi Liv's hand and there's a picture of him shaking somebody's <laughs> hand, it's always, there's always a meme coming up with, oh yeah, you just basically shook. Yeah, <laughs> scratched. Yeah. All right. Yeah, what is it, guys? Still asleep. We're just waiting for some big transfers, but besides that, not too much going on these days. Okay. Well, that's all from us today. My thanks to Nico, Dan and Francesco. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalogue on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch and the address to do so, it's podcast.onefootball.com. I love you.